God's word for his people today is our gospel lesson from Luke chapter 3. Uh, just a few words from verse 16. John answered them all, I baptize you with water. Loved ones, you would expect that the world outside of the Christian faith would look at baptism as something that just happens on the outside. A church ritual that you use to initiate your kids into your faith organization and your intention to teach them your outward traditions that, that make you feel better throughout your life. We would expect people to look at baptism like that outside of the Christian faith. But sadly, inside of the Christian church, people's view of baptism is not always much better. People look at baptism as something that is done on the outside. Again, just a, a religious ritual that entitles you to the benefits of a church. When you grow up, if you want to take confirmation classes or you want to get married in a church or you want to have your funeral done by one of its pastors, then you better be baptized first. And even in some of our uh, church's teachings, we find that baptism is nothing more than an outward ritual. Baptists, for instance, teach that baptism it's simply an act of obedience in which you identify yourself with Jesus Christ. In other words, coming to faith in Jesus is your decision and baptism is just an outward ritual that shows that you have done that. Many Christians believe it's simply something that happens on the outside, but Jesus Christ does not allow for that. John's words in the records of Jesus' baptism I baptize you with water are more than just directions for some outward ritual. They indicate when we look at what happened with Jesus and we look at what the Bible teaches us about baptism, that when someone's baptism, that when someone is baptized, God promises that he does something on the inside, that he keeps doing on the inside. Throughout that person's life on earth, what happens when we hear John's words, I baptize you with water, is that the Holy Spirit does his work of purifying us from sin. Not just once, but constantly throughout our life. There was a lot of excitement around the year 27 AD or so by our best calculations in ancient Israel. There was a strange man who was becoming a popular preacher. Strange, we say, because he wasn't like all of the other preachers of his day. Politics did not really concern him where it seemed to be a preoccupation of most of the other preachers of his day. And you could tell that a, a, a man was a preacher that day if he wore long, expensive robes and preached in a church they called synagogues and even maybe stepped outside a little bit on the, on the street corner where the synagogue was to start praying, but that was about as far as he ventured away. This strange man named John, nowhere near any church. Out in the country, on a riverbank, in the clothes he wore, a pretty simple coat, inexpensive, and a belt around his waist to just kind of cinch it up. And his message was, 
was very different and refreshing for, for the preachers of their day the message that you could expect was rules that made you feel bad about yourself, that reminded you of what you hadn't done and made you feel guilty while they played a lot of politics and schmoozed those that would benefit those, would benefit them. John didn't do any schmoozing of any politicians. John pointed out that they were the ones that needed to confess their sin of hypocrisy most of all and they needed to do it soon. Because the one who was going to judge them was almost there. And for those who all their life had been told that they were nothing but sinners, God, John told them, oh no, you're something else. You are loved by a Savior who is coming to forgive you. And he said, to assure you of that, I'm going to baptize you with water. But as he was doing this and because he was so different and because they felt such relief and, and, and faith in their hearts was growing, they thought that maybe John was the promised Messiah that all the Old Testament prophets, their grandparents and parents had told them about. But John said, not so fast. I am not the Messiah. No, the coming Savior, he's going to come and he'll baptize you too, but he's going to, to do it by sending the Holy Spirit directly. And when he comes, he's going to use fire to baptize you. John was, was prophesying about a, a day that would come about three years later, the day of Pentecost. But he says, in the meantime, I'm baptizing you with water. Something that is miraculous and powerful as well. What miracles happened when John was baptizing people? Well, people who had become attached to their sin, who even depended on sin to be happy, now confessed their sin as something wrong and bad and something that, that, that deserved God's eternal punishment. People who confessed their sins believed that they had a God who forgave them. They had faith in their hearts when they were baptized. Not only that, as their, their sins were forgiven, their hearts were changed. And the sin that they loved to commit was now something that they hated and struggled to stop. Selfish people started to share. People who were bullies were now more concerned with protecting people. Greedy people became content. And all because God had connected himself with them, because the Holy Spirit had poured himself out on them with a little water connected with God's word. The Holy Spirit was doing the miraculous work of purifying them from their sin, which brings us to the big question that we have every year at this time. If baptism is something that the Holy Spirit uses to purify you from your sin, well then why in the world did Jesus need to be baptized? You're not the only one that asked that question because when Jesus was standing there with everyone and said, I'd like to be baptized too, John said, not so fast. <laughs> I'm the sinner here, you're not. I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you, not the other way around like you're asking for. But then Jesus said, well, no, we need to do this and this answer doesn't always satisfy us. 
We need to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Again, what does that mean? And, and why still would Jesus need to be baptized if he didn't need his sins washed away? And the answer is because being Jesus Christ is hard. <laughs> being Jesus Christ is hard. It's not easy for the Son of God to be our Savior. Being the Son of God did not make him bulletproof, not physically, not spiritually. Sometimes we think that, but, but just think of what it was like physically for him. We confess that Jesus Christ has a human nature, and that means when there was a virus going around, Jesus could catch it. It meant that if Jesus walked too close to a cow and got kicked, it not only left a mark, but it hurt him as much as it has hurt any of you. It means that Jesus Christ did not have pre-drilled holes in his wrists or his feet where the nails were going to neatly hit. When he was crucified, those nails went through nerve and flesh and arteries, and he bled, and he died. That was not easy. It was not easy spiritually for Jesus either. If Jesus had been kicked by a cow, the same words that are on the tip of your tongue and maybe even come out were on the tip of his tongue too. But the difference is here, he resisted and they didn't. It meant that Jesus was a man like any other and he struggled against the temptation for lust. He resisted. It meant that Jesus had family and friends like any of you, some who made promises to him and then didn't keep them. And you know how easy it is when that happens to let resentment grow and to hold a grudge against people. And Jesus struggled with that too, only in his case, he forgave. Jesus had all sorts of internal conflicts in his human heart that he needed to resolve. He had hard work in front of him that God gave him to do. He had people who, who hated him in spite of the fact that he loved them. And he knew that his work as our Savior, that God had given him to do, to suffer and die, to take away our sin, to rise from the grave, to go through death itself was not going to be easy. But did he despair? No. Though he was tempted to, he prayed. And how was he able to do that? Because when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit poured himself out on Jesus, true God and true man, and gave him the strength that he needed to do the work that God had given him to do. Being Jesus Christ is hard and the Holy Spirit through his baptism helped him. And you know what else is hard? Being a Christian. It is difficult to struggle with the things that the world uses to attack us, especially when it comes to our faith. We are tempted all the time to give up on God's love because of, 
because of ourselves, because of the sin we become so attached to and we commit so much and over and over, even though we know better, it's very tempting in our hearts to say, God's not going to forgive me for that one. Or God is not going to forgive me for that one that much. And that's when God says, don't despair, but remember you are baptized. And when you believe that you are forgiven for your sins, for the sake of Jesus Christ who died for you, you know what's going on? The Holy Spirit is doing his work in your heart. The Holy Spirit through your baptism, is pouring himself out into your heart so that you believe the very opposite of what the world tells you to believe, that you don't need forgiveness. And when you face your own death or you deal with the death of someone that you love and in spite of what you see, that this is the end, in spite of what you see, you believe that there is an eternity with God where my loved one is living now and that's waiting for me. When you believe that, you know what that is? That is the Holy Spirit working faith in your heart through your baptism. To know that in spite of what we sense in the face of death, that's not the end. That's not even the whole reality. The reality is life with God. That's the Holy Spirit at work in you. And you know, when you have little things that you worry about or big crisis, and your first reaction is not to let worry take over your heart, but instead to pray and trust God to get you through and ask, what is God teaching me here? That is the Holy Spirit working in your heart through your baptism. And when you struggle with sin, whether it's lust or grudges or anger, and you repent of that sin. And relief comes on you knowing that you are forgiven by Jesus. And you forgive. And you resist. And you look to do what's good in God's eyes instead of what you feel and what you just want to do. That is the Holy Spirit working through your baptism. There's a friend of mine who has been a middle school teacher for many, many years. And it was at the end of an exhausting week where he sat on his couch and had the remote in his hand, but his phone rang. And usually when the phone rings and it has an out-of-state area code, what do you do? You just ignore it, right? Well, for some reason, just by reaction, maybe because he was tired, he picked it up and he answered it. Even though the area code said California. And on the other end of the line, It said, Mr. Regis, yeah. He says, this is Dennis Evans. Okay. Dennis Evans, I was in your seventh grade class about 10, 12 years ago. And he was filing through his mind trying to think of of all the kids named Dennis and which one this might be. He couldn't think of a Dennis that stood out either for a good reason or a bad reason. And so he just sort of said, okay, nice to talk with you. Thank you for calling. He says, I wanted to call you. He says, because, well, as you can probably see from my phone, I'm in, I'm in California. Yeah, what are you doing there? He says, well, I'm training. Actually, I just finished. I want you to know that I'm a Navy SEAL. Well, that's fantastic. 
Mr. Regis says, as he's getting closer to placing a face with the name. And he says, I'm not calling to brag. He says, I just wanted to call to thank you. He says, I don't know if you remember or not, but there was one time when I did really poorly on a test and, and you came out into the hallway to talk to me. You kind of tracked me down and you weren't mad at me. But what you did was you, you asked me if I was all right and then you said a couple things to me. You said, never be happy with just doing good enough. And he says, when you do fail, he says, that just means that you need to work twice as hard to get it right the next time. And he said, I want you to know that when I was going through my training, those words of yours kept echoing in my head and they're really what, what got me through to the end. And he still couldn't place his face and and still couldn't place his voice because it had changed. And he couldn't say anything in return because he was so amazed at something so little, something so small, a conversation that he didn't even remember could have such, such a, a lasting impact on someone's life and get them through some very hard times. If you look at what God does when we have just a few handfuls of water poured out over us. At a time in our life when we can't even remember it, we ought to be silent in amazement and wonderful love and joy as well. That just a little water with God's promise that this is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit changes you, connects you, with Jesus Christ, makes you his child that ought to just let joy and wonder come over us. And no matter how hard it is to be a Christian, we sit in awe and wonder and joy as the miraculous work that the Holy Spirit does continues to go on in our heart as we believe all of the things that God wants us to believe and as we do the work that God has put in front of us as we serve him all of our lives as his dearly loved children. May the work of the Holy Spirit go on in all of our hearts through all of our days here until we're in heaven with him. Amen.